Hello to all of our listeners. Thank you for joining us today on episode five of our MMM podcast series, Music is Medicine, Ask the Expert. Before we get into our interview with our special guest, let me first introduce who we are. MMM stands for Music Men's Minds, a nonprofit organization that began seven years ago. Founded by Carol Rosenstein and her late husband, Erwin Rosenstein, Music Men's Minds' mission is to serve seniors suffering from neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, stroke, traumatic brain injuries, and PTSD. The story begins with Carol. Her husband, Erwin, fell into the clutches of Parkinson's. Erwin's decline due to this neurodegenerative disease was steep. But one thing that kept the joy alive through the late stages of Erwin's life was music. Erwin would light up at the piano, and it seemed as if the disease was gone, if only for a moment. This is when Carol realized music is medicine. Thus, Music Men's Minds was born. Enjoy episode five. So thank you all for listening. Today, we have Dr. Nina Krauss. Uh, Dr. Krauss is a Hugh Knowles Professor of Communication Sciences, Neurobiology, Autolaryngology at Northwestern University. As a biologist and amateur musician, she thinks about sound and brain health. Her research has found that our lives in sound, for better, such as musicians and bilinguals, and for worse, such as concussion, hearing loss, language disorders, and noise, shape how our brain makes sense of the sounds we hear. Her book, Of Sound and Mind, How Our Brain Constructs a Meaningful Sonic World, was written for the intellectually curious. Dr. Krauss advocates for biologically informed voices in education, health, and society. You can visit her website at www.brainvolts.northwestern.edu. Uh, thank you for joining us, Dr. Krauss, today. Thank How you for you? having me. So what inspired you to pursue your current career path? <laughs> um, well, as the answer to most questions, it, um, it, 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 it depends and there are many answers. Um, but I think I was raised in a household where sound was important. I lived in a, uh, in a house where more than one language was spoken. My mom was a pianist. Um, when I first went to college, I majored in comparative literature because I knew some languages and I liked to read. And uh, then I took a science class if it was a distribution requirement and it was a biology class and I, I just, I was hooked. Um, and what really interested me is at the same time, I, I discovered a book called The Biological Foundations of Language. And I thought, gee, you know, if, if I can uh, put together the, 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 my interest in language and sound and biology, um, that would, sounds like fun. So I, uh, I went to graduate school and I started learning about sound in the brain. And, um, you know, one of the very first experiments that I did for my dissertation was one where we were reporting responses to sound from individual neurons. And what we learned is that the response to an individual neuron would change depending on the significance of that sound. And so, you know, you had the same neuron, the same sound, and yet, um, if uh, this was in um, in rabbits, if the rabbit was taught that the sound meant that uh, carrots were coming, 
um, then that was significant. That was a, a sound to meaning connection. And even though the sound was the same, the neuron was the same, um, the response changed. And so I was really able to see um, how the nervous system can change as a function of our experience. And, you know, that really is also in many ways, the punchline of, um, you know, of, of, of all the work that I have been doing and, and of my book of sound mind, how our brain constructs a meaningful sonic world. Um, the yeah. idea is that our life in sound makes us who we are. <laughs> Can you tell me about uh, BrainVolts, uh, which is your auditory neuroscience lab? Yeah. So if you go to the homepage of our lab, which I, I, I really encourage you to do it, our, our um, website is, is a labor of love. We update it usually several times daily. I mean, there, there's just a lot going on at, at, at BrainVolts. And um, you will see that there are panels that um, summarize the different lines of work that we study. So you'll see a panel for music. You'll see a panel for concussion. There is one for bilingualism, one for language disorders, one for aging. And so, um, you know, these are all many different uh, topics that are interesting on many different levels, but they all fall under the umbrella of sound and the brain. And, you know, this is why sound is so important, because it is a part of almost everything that we care about. Yeah, thank you so much. That's really interesting. And I'll be sure to mention uh, your website to our listeners after this podcast. Um, at Northwestern University, you're investigating the neural encoding of speech and music alongside the brain's plasticity. Um, are there some of your current projects that you'd like to elaborate on or um, which ones that are most interesting to you? Well, they're all interesting to me, um, but let me just pick a couple. Uh, right now, we're doing a lot of work on um, on athletes. So at Northwestern, uh, we have it's a Big Ten university, and we are studying um, all of our you know five hundred elite athletes longitudinally uh, with an NIH grant. And one of the things that we have been interested in is you know. Um, um, making sense of sound is one of the hardest jobs that we ask our brain to do. So you can imagine that if you get hit in the head, just as, you know, if you have various neurologic disorders, uh, you know, there is a history of why we look at sound, why we look at music, uh, because um, if you get hit in the head, it turns out that it disrupts this very fine um, neural process of making sense of sound. It's, it's, it's really very detailed. Um, and we also are looking at the healthy athlete because you know these are elite athletes. And so we also know that being healthy uh, influences sound processing in various ways as well. Um, we also are finding differences between male and female sound processing, which makes a lot of sense because female, uh, we, all the way, all the, through the animal kingdom have different roles in, um, in, in, in their uh, sonic 
communication uh, with their their offspring, with their mates. Um, and uh, so, so that is a line of work that, that we're very interested in. And, and it really speaks to um, you know, one of the things that, that, that we're interested in and, and we hope to be able to, to get funding for is to look at rhythm as a way of uh, helping athletes who have persistent concussion symptoms. And you know, as, as you know, Carol from uh, with Parkinson's rhythm is 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 a real underlying force. Uh, there are there are rhythms outside the head, so there are rhythms in in music, in sound, in speech, and there are rhythms inside the head. And these rhythms are rather fundamental, and it is important to be able to organize uh, the brain and organize how we listen according to uh, various rhythmic cues because rhythm uh, helps focus you know where the important information is happening it's certainly you know there's so much rhythm in speech and there is of course everyone knows that there is plenty of rhythm in music so that's an area uh, we, we have done a lot of work over the years in uh, looking at the effects of musical experience on the nervous system because um, the sound mind so the sound mind is vast when we think about hearing people think about the ear but in fact it's so much bigger the sound mind consists of what we know so how we think it consists it engages how we feel it engages how we move and it engages how we put together information from all of our senses. That is the sound mind. And music is the jackpot for the sound mind because it engages all of those things. And so, um, you know, I, I really want to tell you a, a little bit, you'll get a sense of this um, from, from my book, um, of sound mind. The first part is uh, about how sound works. And I talk about signals outside the head. So sound and I talk about brain signals and how we measure brain signals in people. Um, and then um, the, 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 the core of the book is what I call our sonic selves. Now, first of all, this book was written for you know anybody um, my, my aim is for anyone to get something out of the book, no matter how much or how little they know about the topic. So there are, there are a lot of personal stories, you know, because science is a deeply personal endeavor. But in our sonic selves, so in the part, the main core of the book, um, I talk about music and how music is the jackpot for the sound mind. I, there's a, I'm going I'm to read you the, the, the chapter headings. So music is the jackpot. There's a whole chapter on rhythm. The root of language is sound. Music and language. The bilingual brain. There's a chapter on birdsong. There's a chapter on noise. A chapter on aging. A chapter on athletes and concussion. And then the last chapter is my call to action. It's called Our Sonic Past, Present, and Future. And it is really what, what can we do? And one of the things that we can do to make 
sound more alive and more a part of people's lives is the kind of work that you do at uh, Music Men's Minds. Yeah, that's great. Um, so going back on rhythm and health, um, I I read your book and you and and in your book, um, you, one of your quotes was that sound is motion and sound moves us. So, um, are like what ways can we better utilize our biological basis of rhythm to strengthen our like our auditory systems, our neurological systems, um, stuff yeah. like that? Well, really, one of the very best ways to strengthen our rhythmic sense is to make music and to be engaged in making music and it, you know it doesn't matter how good you are um it, it it doesn't matter what instrument you're playing singing counts um percussion counts uh any music will have some kind of uh underlying rhythmic structure most music will and uh you know and, and what is really wonderful is that even when the rhythmic structure is not obvious um, it's, 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 it's there. It's, there's an, an underlying sense of rhythm that we, um, as humans are deeply aware of. And, and for example, even as we're having this conversation, there's a back and forth, right. And turn taking right. that is, it's very, it's very rhythmic. Um, there's also, there's rhythm in, in our speech, of course, as I say, there's rhythm in our speech, da, 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 da. you know, we can dance to that. Um, and but really the very best thing that we can do from, from our entire life, starting with, you know, I just have a, my first, um, brand new grandchild and, you know, I'm, I'm there with his little feet and we're, we're just, um, you know, just tapping his little feet back and forth one into the other and, and, and I'm singing to him in Italian. Um, and, and, you know, he doesn't understand the words, but boy, can he feel the rhythm. And when you have a baby and he's fussy, what do you do? You rock him. Right. Um, right. And, and so throughout our lives, making music is very important. And, and if we um, haven't had occasion to make music throughout our lives, it's never too late. The sound mind changes throughout our lives until we die. And, you know, there are many older people who have decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm going to learn to sing. I'm going to join a choir. I'm going to um, uh, learn to read some notes and play the piano. Um, I used to play when I was uh, in high school and I'm going to dust off the, the clarinet and, 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 and back to what you said before, um, Henry, you know, this idea of, of motion, you know, sound is motion, it's the movement of air. And in order to produce sound, we have to move. And so, you know, imagine, you know, for health, just, you know, the, the embouchure, the breathing, the, the moving with the making of music, this is very, very good for us. And it is rhythmic. Yeah, thank you so much. Um... Uh, in your book, also, you mentioned that hearing and thinking are related. Um, for example, that those with hearing loss are higher at risk for developing dementia. So how does hearing loss impact how we think? Oh, my goodness. Such a good question, Henry. Thank you for that. Um, because the, the, the important um, point is that the sound mind is vast and that hearing engages how we think, what we know, 
it engages you know how we move and incorporate our other senses how we feel it's it's a vast network but it very much engages what we know about sound you know people who have um you know have had a, a life of listening are able as they get older to make a lot more sense of sound in difficult listening situations and someone who hasn't because you can fill in the gaps even if you have a hearing loss but if you're not hearing um you are not engaging you're not just engaging um the, the with, with the sounds you are inherently engaging with how you think so if you are not hearing you are not thinking as well so it is tremendously important um if uh, you are losing your hearing to um to, to to really pay attention to that and possibly get a hearing aid and one of the things if you do get a hearing aid um so many people give up because it's you know it's initially very frustrating you're hearing sounds in a very different way than how you've heard them all your life. But with one piece of advice set very simple is stay with it. I mean, give it at least six weeks because, you know, thank goodness our brain doesn't change every second. I mean, we'd be very confused, it, but it takes a while for our brain to change and to learn um, to make new sound to meaning associations. And it will come and it will engage how we think um, and, and, uh, you know, just, just imagine if, if you're having a conversation and you're not hearing parts of it, you're not able to think about what it is that the person is, is saying, you're not able to think about how you're going to respond. Um, you know, that whole thinking system gets disengaged from your communication. And, and I think one of the most important things about sound is that sound connects us more than any other sense. It really connects us. Um, so, you know, to the extent that we can um, help ourselves, our children, our uh, society appreciate hearing, and and also, you know, if you have a hearing loss, um, minimize noise. You know, get pay more money for the air conditioner that is quiet. Um, this is important. These are choices that we can make, and um, but we have to be aware of them in the first place. And and just as as in you know in terms of music, men's minds, um, you know, ten years ago people didn't even there weren't. I mean, what you, you started this seven years ago when you you first started, um, you know, people didn't know how powerful music was as a, um, a, 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 a way of connecting with the world and of healing ourselves and of strengthening ourselves and our ability to communicate. Well, through the knowledge and through experience, now still not as many people as should know about this, know about this, which is why, you know, you're doing your work, I'm doing my work, and we you know why I wrote this book is, is really for anyone to just you know, and, and, and when, when you start talking to people, and just as I'm sure you've experienced um, with, with your, your clients is that, or with your groups, is that um, when, I, when I sent my book off to MIT, um, I, I wondered, why did I even write this? 
what I'm saying in there is so obvious. <laughs> and yet the response, the, the probably the biggest response that I have been getting from people, and it's from people all over the world, very different backgrounds, and who have said to me, you know, I had no idea that sound was so important. And now I understand why, um, you know, my kid was having difficulty reading. Now I understand why uh, speaking a couple of languages um, makes my life the way it is. Now I understand, um, you know, why it's important to, you know, I, I don't need to my, my neighbor to know every time I open and close my car door. I can, I can turn off that little beep, right? I mean, we can do that. Um, but, you know, nobody is, in general, we're not aware of how important sound is and how important it is as a way, I mean, in this world right now, we are disconnected, we are divided. Um, sound is the best way of connecting people and worlds. Right. I agree that sound um, is a way to um, help like someone who's isolated, like not only like physically, but mentally, emotionally to um, be connected with others. Um, yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on music therapy as a viable treatment option for those with neuro neurocognitive decline, um, such as like those with Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, stuff like that? It's probably the very best medicine you can have. Um, That's amazing. And, and, you know, and why is that? You know, and, and I'm a biologist. And, and really the point of my book is, was to, to, to show how, you know, why music therapy is so powerful. And why is that? It is because the sound mind, the hearing brain engages so much of, um, of who we are, of our past, of our, our future, what we're doing in the moment. And again, it engages how we think and feel and move and coordinate our other senses. Um, and so this is all part of our neurology and how we spend our time really, really matters. Um, and, and spending time when you have, I mean, really at any time, but particularly if you have a neurological challenge, music can help. Music can help in ways that um, I, that are, are so powerful and are under-recognized, under-utilized, um, but important. Right. So um, currently, uh, a lot of like treatments for those with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia, and like other forms such as traumatic brain injury, stroke, and PTSD, um, a lot of the times it's just like medication or other forms of therapy, but why, why do you think forms of music therapy or um, other solutions in healthcare um, involving music are not utilized that often? And how do you think that might change in the future? Well, I think it's not utilized mostly because um, people haven't recognized it and realized how effective and important it can be. Um, but one of, of the, the ways in which music can really engage us is through memory. So let's take a step back and just think about memory and sound. Um, our ability to remember sounds is, uh, is, is deeply evolutionarily rooted. 
because you know any any vertebrate some there are some blind vertebrates but there are no vertebrates that are are deaf because animals need to hear is this something that's going to eat me is this something i can eat is this something i can mate with um these are really important sonic cues and it's important to remember oh last time i heard that i was really sick or i was really in trouble i'm getting out of here um so it's it's very very important and and also as a species humans are especially good at long-term memory and so um you know we we remember things that have happened a long time ago especially through sound so you know we're we're um what one of the points from a, a biological standpoint is that you know we truly are what we do so that if we have um, a history of listening to certain kinds of music and playing certain kinds of music uh, that really stays with us and it stays with us it is it's the last thing to go um it, it is it, it you know who we are is so much what we have engaged with sonically so you know given that our memory is such a big part of who we are and trying to uh, engage with what is important to us music provides a way in and um yeah i i um have written a very tiny little piece. It's called The Beams Hypothesis. Um, it was published in a journal called Hearing Research. And um, I don't know if you put up links, but it, it really, you know, the, the M in Beams st stands for memory. And it, it is really, it basically encapsulates in a biological framework how, how we spend our time, the things that we do a lot. So for example, if you say the sound of my name while I'm sound asleep, my brain will respond because it has changed over my life, you know, knowing that it's kind of important to, uh, you know, your name is relevant. <laughs> so, um, so our circuitry changes based on experience. And this is biologically true. So it's not just, oh, it works, which is really important enough. I mean. <laughs> but from a biological perspective, we have a lot. Uh, we have huge foundations to stand on, um, supporting the importance and the efficiency, um, the deep, deep um, strength of music therapy in neurological challenges. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, for our members at Music Men's Minds, uh, such as our seniors uh, with diagnoses, um, not only are they playing and singing songs that they have heard in the past and they remember um, for many years, but they're also able to learn new songs as well. So um, is there like a pathway or how, how are they able to learn new songs and rhythms, even though they have, um, they might have like cognitive issues such as like uh, memory loss or yeah, just how are they able to learn new things um, involving music? Well, they are able to um, because because the sound mind is so vast and engages so many core functions. Uh, you know, cog in the, the fancy way of saying it is cognitive, sensory, motor, and reward systems. It engages all of those systems. Um, 
And, and, and so, you know, you ask how, well, you know, these are vast networks of the brain and they, um, you know, it, it's, it's not that, that, um, the, the changes in the therapy targets one particular spot. It targets, uh, it, vast networks of interacting nodes and pathways throughout the brain. And it will do so in, in, in different ways in different people, you know, because somebody who, who speaks a number of languages um, is going to respond to sound differently from somebody who uh, is monolingual. So, um, and, and, and how we have spent our life will matter how we have spent our life in sound. You know, biologically, we are what we do. Um, and, and I think what, what, what I really hope, you know, because, you, you know, you ask a question like, how can this happen? And it, it's not just like the very first question you asked me, how did you get into this? You know, you, there isn't a one word answer. You really, you have to think holistically. And so when I was writing of sound mind, I, I really, you know, it, it's a very holistic view of sound and hearing and connection and our biology. And uh, it's always been important. And, and you know, you'll see uh, from all of the outreach work that we do at Brain Vaults, um, it's always been very important, even though, you know, we, we, we work with very geeky um, signals, you know, sound waves and brain waves. Um, and and we, we do a lot of computationally dense work. Ultimately, it's important to the extent that it's important to people. And so the fact that sound is important to uh, individuals with neurologic disease, the fact that it's important to us as we communicate with each other in, in the world, uh, the fact that it's important uh, as babies learn or have difficulty learning language, um, the changes that happen uh, throughout our lives with sound, these are the things that um, are, this, this is important to people. And um, so it's important for us at Brain Vaults to um, intersect with the world and, and to try to communicate in the very best way that we can. Yeah, thank you. Um, at Music Men's Minds, we have an intergenerational audience, which means that um, not only is our audience like towards seniors, but we also have their family members, their caregivers, um, as well as um, a younger generation, um, such as people my age, who are potentially interested in conducting research like yours. So what advice would you give them um, if they're really interested and passionate about, about, about doing the same things that you're doing right now? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's a wonderful, it, coining the, it's been said before, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> it, it, it's really great to be able to to, to study and to work with um, sound processing in the brain and, and, and to even get paid for it. Um, I mean, I, 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 am, I feel so lucky. This is such a rich, rich, rich topic. And I, but it's not for everybody. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, that people should um, should follow their interests and their and their passions. Um, I, I really would encourage. I mean, it's one of the reasons that we we put so much love into our um, 
our website is our Brain Vault website. Um, if you go on, on the home page, there is um, a, a, a tour bu a bus icon. And if you hit that, that bus, um, there's a, a, a two minute uh, video that explains, um, it gives you a tour of the website. And so it'll help you find what it is that you are interested in. Um, and so, you know, if, if there are people who are interested in pursuing any of these areas, they can go to particular places on that website and, and get a bigger perspective and, uh, you know, just start making inquiries and, and, and learning and being aware, oh my goodness, there's a big world out there. And, you know, BrainVault is one of many laboratories and organizations that uh, embrace sound. And the more you learn about it, uh, the more you can find your own way. Yeah, so Dr. Krauss, thank you so much for joining us today on Music is Medicine, Ask the Experts. You've shared so many amazing research findings and we are very grateful that you were able to come on today and share your knowledge with us. We can't wait to hear more about your amazing work in the future. And be sure um, to those listening to uh, visit her website once again at www.brainvolts.northwestern.edu. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about Music Men's Minds, please visit our website at www.musicmensminds.org. And if you didn't know, MMM is a nonprofit organization based in West Los Angeles, serving seniors with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, stroke, traumatic brain injury, and PTSD by using music to bring these seniors uh, with healing and joy. If this is a cause that you would like to support, please consider donating to Music Men's Minds. We accept donations through our website, again, at our website at www.musicmensminds.org. And thank you so much to Dr. Nina Krauss for joining us today. And hopefully we'll see you again sometime in the future. I hope so. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation and thanks for the wonderful questions. Yeah, thank you so much.